With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This is Heather Woodward, and I am here with Charlene from Croissant Lodge and Maria Isuld from MariaIsuld.com. And today we are going to be talking about the Ted Bundy tapes. One thing that I thought was really interesting that they said at the very end of the, the Ted Bundy, the conversations with the killer, the Ted Bundy tapes on Netflix was that we want to be able to say we can identify these dangerous people. The scary thing is we can't identify. People don't realize that there are potential killers among them. And I think that's um, kind of like they're this weird foreign phenomenon that we want to understand. But Did you know that on average, a person in their lifetime will meet eight serial killers? Yeah. It's not something I've heard since high school, but now that you said it again, I suddenly remember and I don't appreciate it. I have a serial killer story, though. My brother, this is in our early 20s. Me and my brother are two years apart, so we used to hang out all the time. And he was friends with everybody in the neighborhood, and everybody used to come over and have barbecues. Well, there was this one guy that lived next door to him. He was, like, so chill, so cool. Nobody ever thought anything of him. Years later, we found out that he was a serial killer. And while we were hanging out with him... He was breaking into old ladies' houses, strangling them, having sex with them. <gasps> wow. That is yeah. terrible. And then he'd steal stuff from them. So, like, he was one of those, like, I'm going to rape you, kill you, steal your stuff. Wow. Oh, wow. We never knew. We had no idea. Nobody said, oh, that guy's kind of weird. Or, or, oh, that guy is freaky. No. He was just some skater guy that we knew that lived next door. Totally chilled. Wow, that that is pretty terrifying. Yeah, I thought it was very weird. It was yeah. kind of freaked me out because you don't know. You really don't know. No, and I remember, um, like, when I was in high school and stuff, I hung out with, like, all the, like, super nerdy kids and also, like, the goth kids and the metalheads. And so, you know, there's that certain element that is really fascinated with um, morbid things. And mm-hmm. so, like, a good number of my friends were really, really into serial killers and stuff. And uh, the year after I graduated from high school, Columbine happened, which is a mass shooting and not a serial killer. But, mm-hmm. uh, like, all that information suddenly became, like, really, really relevant. And mm-hmm. um, a lot of my friends were still in high school, like, suddenly were getting profiled according to the serial killer criteria. And it was really really weird there is a there does seem to be a thing about ted bundy when ted bundy happened there was no mold i don't think they had profiling yet Mm -mm. not like they have now he actually talked to the fbi and he his tapes were actually some of the 
first profiling that happened. Mm-hmm. Exactly, exactly. In fact, when um, according to the conversations with the killer of the Ted Bundy tapes on Netflix, um, when the FBI decided to start studying killers and serial killers, they actually consulted with Ted Bundy while he was prison. And he was really, really into it. And he provided the FBI with lots of good insights into killers, why they kill and what they were likely to do next. That ended up being very accurate, and very valuable. Aren't the, the signs like they wet their bed? They have they usually have some kind of abuse in their childhood. They maim animals, stuff like that. Uh, not the first two, but usually the last one. Like usually there's some kind of like sign of sadism early on in childhood. Mm-hmm. Usually starting with insects and animals and escalating thereafter. Um, there's usually some kind of misogyny in their behavior somewhere. But like an abusive past is like a 50% Sometimes, but not always. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Okay. It's like a sometimes thing, but not always. Like some of them come from perfectly loving homes. His parents like loved him and took care of him and whatnot. At least from what I've noticed is that if they have like an abusive uh, household, they typically go into more of the sexual status side. And if it's not, it's usually just, you know, like a Ted Bundy kind of a thing, I guess, or something. It's more extreme. I, at least from what I've noticed, it's because they're taken out on, on the on the victim. It's, sometimes it's like they see their mother because their mother was their abuser. So they always see their mother. So they always attack their, their woman who looks like their mother. And I mean, he did the same thing with like the ex-girlfriend. Like a lot of the girls that he would attack were girls that went to college, had brown hair, just like his ex-girlfriend. He admitted to, to having sex with them after they died and everything. So uh, like, um, uh, I forgot what it's called. But it's the necrophilia. Uh, thank you. Yes. That's how I'm not. That's how much I do not like necrophilia, but I don't even remember the name of it. <laughs> <laughs> People have a special fascination with necrophilia. I don't at all. Like it kind of freaks me out. Actually, the, the thought of it just. Ugh. I couldn't even touch my dad when he died in the coffin. I couldn't even touch his hands. I was like, no, no, that's touching him. Yeah. Like, I love them. That's not. So, the idea of somebody wanting to, finding a dead body attractive or erotic is like, oh, it's so weird. So, the Green River Killer, this is going to be so gross, I'm sorry, but the Green River Killer, he would take a lot of time between kills because if the body was in the ground, then he could have sex with it a certain amount of times before it decomposed. So, he would oh. put it in a shallow grave and make sure it was cold so that at least he had about a month before it, it fully went away so that way he could space out his kills oh my god wow yeah yeah well and it's uh the uh, i mean i could like under academically i can sort of understand it but uh, like no other than that no like i could see like it'd be kind of like the equivalent of a diy sex doll Oh, right? oh god but <laughs> but like this is a diy sex doll yeah i, I mean I, I can see what you're getting at but at the same time it's like oh god right but like i mean if you don't see other people as human then it's just physical mm-hmm. material i guess but but the smell <laughs> well if you keep it cold it's true it's true you know, I mean, I don't know. <laughs> it's just so weird to me. Just the whole idea. Like, it's not that bodies decompose in a month in cold ground. Bodies don't decompose right. that quickly. 
it's it doesn't start to decompose for a month it's not that body decomposes in a month it's that if you keep it in cold ground it doesn't even start to decompose for a month so the flesh oh. doesn't change texture the there's no smell there's no discoloration until like a month so it wouldn't even seem like a dead body I mean, it would seem like a dead body. It would seem like a doll. So, I mean, because it takes like a lot of months for a body to decompose, even in warm weather. Still no. I mean, that's the whole issue with vampires, right? And the origins of them is that like people would bury people in the winter and then like, you know, four or five months later, there would be like no visible decomposition. So they'd be like, clearly this is an undead being. Stake it. Mm -hmm. That is true. It just, the idea of it to me is so disgusting. And then it is. Mm -hmm. I don't know. People are like, ooh, that sounds sexy. I think I want to marry that person. Or I'm going to write that person in jail. I mean, Ted Bundy was was not friendly by any means. He was super friendly. And that's that's part of the issue. Is that No, not friendly with his, like... Victims. His victims? Victims. Well, he was, yeah, that's he what was I at first. And that's the issue. Is he had this incredible ability to be whatever you wanted him to be. He was Real perfect. Fast. Like. Yeah, he was perfect, Mm -hmm. I don't know, sociopath maybe? He's not a psychopath, maybe he's a sociopath. Yeah, and so he, you know, when he first met you, he knew immediately if you wanted someone to be your good chum buddy pal, or if you wanted someone who seemed professional, or if you wanted to mentor Mm -hmm. somebody, or if you wanted to mother someone, or if you just wanted a good friend, or if you just wanted a romantic. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Mantic interest, or if you wanted a, a good old boy, or if you wanted a bad boy, or like whatever you wanted, he just immediately fit into that role. And he could tell that about people right away. And so it wasn't that he was mm-hmm. super attractive or anything. It was just that he was a chameleon and super manipulative. Yeah, what's with this thing about him being attractive? I have seen so many people... Um, I'm in a few forums for uh, serial killers, and there's whole threads dedicated to the attractiveness of Ted Bundy. And I'm all like, what? He is not attractive. He is not attractive at all. He does not score high on the attractiveness scale. But one comment that I saw in one of the um, articles I read about why women fall for um serial killers remarked that the photos of serial killers uh, appear on almost a daily basis in various media outlets and they're never portrayed as scary scary criminals they're normally you know using like a normal everyday picture of them whether like in a suit or a childhood picture or like a cash like not a mugshot and so then you also have this phenomenon where when people see something often, they feel familiar and friendly towards it, which is like the whole basis of marketing. Hmm. So. Well, I think that's, that's also like what they're trying to say. It's like the, the, you know, like this could be anybody. This could be your next door neighbor. This could be your friend. Right. Um, but like when we see someone's face a lot, uh, we just start automatically feeling really friendly towards them on an unconscious level. Gotcha. 
you know, and that's just like why brand um, placement in movies is so important as an advertising gimmick because if we just see mm-hmm. Pepsi in the background of a movie, we start feeling more friendly towards it because we see it more often, even if the bad guy is drinking Pepsi. Oh, okay. You know? So fam- familiarity breeds fondness, regardless of whether or not that familiarity is positive or negative. Mm-hmm. And the oh. more positive it is, the more positively we feel. The image. Yeah. Exactly. So you see these pictures of people, you get more familiar and more and more and more familiar with it, you feel more positive about it. And then if it's a positive image to begin with, that positivity is amplified. Okay. So that's one reason these people are being, you know, the serial killers pictures are appearing. They're not bad pictures of them. And so women are automatically are just like becoming familiar with their faces. And the more familiar they get, they're like, oh, this is actually attractive. Kind of like the more you see someone in real life, the more that guy might seem attractive. I don't know. I've never seen him as being, I never, I, the familiarity thing. I get what you're saying intellectually, but anytime I see Ted Bundy or a picture of him, I'm all, ew, gross. Like, that's my initial yeah. reaction. Right. Because your brain yeah, is automatically did- like, no, we will never find this attractive. This is bad. Right. But if you yeah. didn't, if you didn't have that going forward, like, if you were just like, this is a dude and he may or may not be guilty, like, also, we're a lot better educated. That is true. We are better educated nowadays because there are all these shows and it's, we have profiling now and you can read books <clears throat> about it. Yeah. And not just like we're better educated as a society, but like we three specifically are more educated. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. We definitely are. Because Bundy is obviously um, experiencing a resurgence in popularity right now, which is annoying. Cray-cray? Yeah. (laughs) Cray-cray. That's the word. Yeah. The series, and and I thought it was horrifying. Like, I I watched all the, I don't know, I think there's six episodes or something like that, or four? Mm, No, it's like, I think it's four. Four. Four or five. One of the two. Yeah. And... Okay, and so I watched it with sort of this like, ah, like I forgot that he broke out of jail twice and then went on a killing spree. Like he was like, oh, I got to get it all in before I get caught again. Like I got to kill as many people as possible to Uh make up for the numbers and to make sure that I have something to think about when I'm in jail. You know, stuff like that to me is just so like, oh my goodness, like he's so um, methodical about the way that he kills. Like that to me just freaked me out. I could never see him as anything more than what he is. So to think that he is now uh, being glorified, idolized, I guess you could say. Idolized, yeah. Just freaks me out. I mean, and then I guess the movie that hasn't come out yet with Zac Efron. No, Zac Efron is very, very good looking. He is a very good looking guy. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure that's going to be confusing for people because I've seen some of the footage of it and he does look like. A very attractive Ted Bundy. I have to look up Zac Efron mm-hmm. because I don't remember what he looks like. I feel <laughs> like, okay, he's not the dude from um, that medical show that's funny. Something High School Musical. High School Musical. That's what it is. High yeah, school, okay. I have not seen that. So He's a Disney kid. Have you seen Neighbors? I think it's, that's what the movie's called. No. Okay. Oh. Okay, I see him now. <laughs> I will put a picture of him in the video that we do of this inevitably so that other people can also see a picture of him too and the name of the movie is extremely wicked shockingly evil and vile which is a horrible 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 title by the way uh it really really is 
It just makes it seem more uh, sensational. Mm-hmm. <sighs> it does. It does. It it makes it sound super fun and like a goofy romp. Yeah. In, in the in the commercial or that I was watching of it, it was like he's all being like like a debonair kind of guy, and his girlfriend's like being all paranoid, like, "Are you with another woman or are you killing these people? Is it true?" And he's like, "Of course not. Why would I lie to you?" And he's like being all like, "Look, the camera's looking at me," and he's like all like posing for all the women that are like, "Oh my god." And I'm like, wow, okay. Ted Bundy was never that attractive, and he wasn't that good at like talking to a crowd. Or the opinion, breaking the fourth it. wall. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's a little kitschy, but okay. What really amazed me too is like, not only was he that good at like manipulating women, but he was also that good at charming men, and that's why he was he was able to escape. Mm. Yes. Um, because the ways he escaped were so freaking stupid. Oh, yeah. To the point where, like, when they interviewed the people at the time when he escaped, they were like, that was so freaking stupid. How did that even happen? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Like, the, oh, second, the, the second one, the he refused to eat and got thin so that he could fit through the hole in the ceiling. That he himself cut. Right. He cut a hole in his ceiling and then lost a ton of weight by refusing to eat and then slipped through the hole he cut in his ceiling and, like, no one freaking noticed. And then he, like, slipped a pile of books under his sheets and nobody noticed for a couple days. Mm-hmm. Nobody noticed the hole in the ceiling and the fact that he hadn't moved for a couple days and, like, that was just okay. And then, like, the first time he just, like, leapt out the courtroom window and ran he off. He jumped! He just jumped. Yeah. Yeah. He just jumped off at like a second story. A second, uh, a second uh, floor window. window. Like just leapt out the window yeah. and ran off. And they were like, wait a minute. What? Where did he go? Right. <laughs> like, everyone was like, did did you just see that? <laughs> but what do we do next? <laughs> That's messed up. But nobody had seen anything like at the time because I, they were still in that stage of like, you can leave your door open. And, you know, you don't have to lock it and all that stuff. So they weren't very much like, they're not like now. Now it's like you, you sneeze and you get arrested. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or, well, I mean, it was a more was- naive and innocent time. But like I said, when mm-hmm. they were interviewing people at the time, like they showed in the people were like, we don't even know what were what were the the jail keepers thinking? Like, what? <laughs> how did they not notice this was stupid? Why was he not shackled in the courtroom? Or like, how did they let him get to the window like that? Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> it was like, he had charmed everyone into thinking he was trustworthy and chill. And so they just kind of let down their guard. Because mm-hmm. otherwise he was a model prisoner. <laughs> Except for the whole leaving part. Yeah. Yeah. So, but also those were in two different states. So... You know, that was not, uh, we didn't have communication between the states back then. And in fact, this case was kind of remarkable because it was the first time that uh, states had collaborated to catch someone. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. 
That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino at chumbacasino.com. Choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Oh yeah, that's true. Like that's one of the things that they were that they were saying in the whole the whole thing was like that they didn't have, you know, like any, any way of like letting the other counties know it wasn't like, it wasn't like it is now that, you know, you, it, you had cell phones or you had, um, you know, like uh, social media. So everything was slow as they put it. It was like nobody had even a, a fax so you can fax anything over. It took forever to get any kind of information. So if it wasn't like, they they said like you know if it wasn't for that if it was like in another time then he would have been caught much quicker yeah and they even they even almost caught him like when he first started yeah they almost caught him but they didn't have like an, I think enough evidence or something I don't remember precisely and they ended up like letting him go he just moved to another uh, another county or another state because he went to college somewhere else you know if they would have caught him then a shit ton of people would have survived yeah yeah. Because his girlfriend at the time had called in and been like, I think that my boyfriend is the killer you're looking for. And the funny thing is that, like, at the time they had received so many calls and they were investigating so many of them that nothing particularly stood out about him. Compared Mm -hmm. to all the other guys they were getting calls on, which is like, there's so much to unpack in that just one little data point. Right. <laughs> like, why is everybody calling about their boyfriends? <laughs> right? Like, how yeah. many others had, like, how well, there's a lot of alarming boyfriends out there. Turn in yeah, head a- and, and have a, a, a BW bug. Yeah, right. <laughs> exactly. Like, ooh, that's alarming. I think it's just strange that they, they had the person that let them go, but that does happen a lot. In a lot of cases, I was reading about serial killer cases, and a lot of times they will know who the person is in the first month, three weeks. They'll bring the person in and they just don't have enough evidence. So I let them go and then they have to kill again. And they're like, oh, we knew it was you. You're like, well. That's a tactic that they use sometimes if they don't have enough evidence. Like sometimes they, if they don't know, like they have like, let's say two or three murders, but they don't have enough evidence to even pinpoint it to like who it could be. They, instead of, like, just looking at the evidence again or whatever or, like, rethinking things or brainstorming, no, they're, like, we're just waiting until he kills again, you know, because that gives you, like, okay, now we can see, like, a pattern, so then they can do a better profile. Sometimes that's all they can do. I was watching a show called um, Something About Real Detectives. It's on Amazon. I'll, I'll put a link in the show notes for everybody. One of the cases was this guy that was killing for, like, years and years, they kept getting evidence on him and they were bringing people in and bringing people in. And it comes to find out it was the guy that brought their paper product. He was friends with the detectives. And so he was talking with the detectives and he was getting all this kind of intel. And they're like, how does this guy know what we're going to do next? How does he know like what we have and what we don't have? And somebody actually called it. 
really, really short into the investigation. It said it has to be somebody who's making deliveries or somebody who's in there. And they're like, no, that can never happen. And then they come to find out that's what it was. Somebody who's invisible and you would never think of because they're just right. not, they're yeah. not perceived. That Yeah, that totally makes sense. And he killed like 20 plus people. Oh my gosh. Wow. One of the articles that I did read said that, um, and let me see if I can figure out which one it is. One of the reasons why when they caught the Golden State Killer uh, last year was because uh, serial killers now are not as prevalent as they used to be because we are catching them a lot earlier because our forensic evidence has gotten so much better. Mm-hmm. And that it is now so much harder to get away with such sprees. Like, violent crimes are happening. They're still as prevalent as they ever were. But for one individual to commit so many has gotten a lot harder. And that's a little bit reassuring. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you have to do some major spree killing. <laughs> yeah, you kind of have to get it all done at once. Which is probably right. not something we should say out loud. Right. So, if you don't do that, okay, guys? Or you have to space them out over months or years. So, you have to, like, you know, not do one a month or you have to do them every six months or something like that. So, there's a lot of time for for people to forget about it and to fuck up. <laughs> so, we're not giving serial killers advice in any way, shape, or form. Like, Thank you, Maya. Yeah. <laughs> we're not serial killer supporters. <laughs> That's one thing that's really reassuring is that our forensics and um, people are so much more cautious and our investigators are sharing information so much better. And there's so much public surveillance around everything that serial killers are getting caught very early in their careers now. So that's a really nice thing, I guess. I need some reassurance about why women are so prone to marry these motherfuckers. I mean, I don't understand. Like, to do with the whole like um, nurse, I, I forgot what it's called, but it's like oh, that I nurse thing, Nightingale uh, syndrome. Yeah, the Nightingale syndrome that she wants to like take care of him. She wants to make him better. And I, I mean, I've I've met girls that are like that. That are like, well, with me, he'll change. You know, like I'm the right girl that'll that'll remove him from all this darkness with that's in him and i'm like mm, no that and also the excitement i mean think about it like if you live a very like closed off life that you don't get a lot of attention all of a sudden like people are going to be like are you really in love with him do you really like him you know it's kind of that you can also get it from there from that you know i mean it depends on your poison you know i've met there's a tv show i forgot where like what channel or anything that's a tv show that um prison wise and you get to meet like women who are married to men in prison. Some of them are like, we were married beforehand. Um, we stayed married. Some of them were like, oh, we met pen pal prison stuff and we just fell in love that way. And some of them aren't like serial killers. Some of them are just like guys that have done like stupid shit, like armed robbery. But there are some that are like on death row for murder. And uh, some of them, like I said, they're not, I, I don't remember seeing any that there were actual serial killers. Some of them were just like, oh, I shot the guy by accident or I didn't mean to, or, you know, I was stupid and it was, you know, something within that nature. But still, nonetheless, one of the things that, that I noticed on um, the ones that were like, that, that weren't going to be getting out of prison, period, was that common thread for the, for the wives were, or the girlfriends or whatever, was that they were not society's ideal of a beautiful woman or there weren't what 
society would would be like a catch of a girl and they even said it like i know that i'm i'm i've never had a boyfriend like they'll be like i never had a boyfriend i'm still a virgin or something like that they would say within that nature and this way i have a boyfriend i have a husband and i'm happy and he gives me the attention that i want but i never have to worry about him cheating on me or leaving me because i'm the only person that they want to be with because I'm the only person that's willing to be with them. But the one that was married to a serial killer, or still is, because I don't know if he got executed or not, was, I think, Richard Romero. Am, am I saying Yes, his Richard Ramirez. Well, her thing is that she, honest to God, believes that he's innocent. Yeah. Like, he is so completely innocent. And she's like, I could be blue in the face telling you that he's innocent because he is. Nobody's going to believe me, so I just don't bother telling anybody kind of a thing. And I'm there like... Dude, there's evidence that he did it. He even admitted it. Like, what the... Yeah, he like, did admit it. He said that he did it, and he did it for Satan. I mean, how much more clear is that? She was one of the the stories that I read over and over and over again when I was researching this, um, why women fall in love with serial killers. Um, her account especially stands out because she was married when she became the lawyer on his case. And so she left her husband for him. Oh, wow. Yeah, so she's kind of an outlier in that because most of the women who fall in love with serial killers are single at the time and don't have a history of healthy relationships. They're not usually professionally successful, but she's a real outlier because she is well-educated. She's a lawyer. She was hired to work his case, and then she fell in love with him during the case, ended up leaving her husband for him and they got married and she is just convinced that he is completely innocent she was a lawyer who heard him talk and then said oh no he's innocent and divorced her husband to marry this dude yeah yeah all right just making sure i got that because somewhere my brain froze (laughs) (laughs) yeah does she have, like, I mean, did she say why she believes this? Like, what is it that he said to her? Or what's her, her reasoning for it? Or is it just that she just does? She just does. She just thought that he didn't receive a fair trial, that she can see that he's really a good person by looking in his eyes. And, like, it's crazy because he's quoted as saying, I love to kill people. I love to watch them die. I would shoot them in the head and they would wiggle and squirm all over the place and then just stop. Or I would cut them with a knife and watch their faces turn real white. I love all that blood. Like, he makes no bones about oh. it. He didn't even try to pretend that he didn't do it. And the same thing happened with Ted Bundy's wife, although she wasn't as educated. Um, she was convinced that he was just being railroaded through the whole trial and that everything he said and did was just manipulation by the courts and lawyers and that everything he confessed to was a manipulation by the court and that he was only agreeing to confessions kind of like, well, it happens today too, where people, you get plea bargains and they agree to confess to a crime. So they get a lesser sentence to avoid like the death penalty and stuff. But, you know, she was convinced up until... Um, right before Ted Bundy's execution, that he was innocent. And then when he finally did confess to his crimes, 
she took their daughter and took off and didn't speak to him again. Yeah, that was a weird thing, too. He proposed to her in the middle of the trial. Very freaking bizarre. But Richard Ramirez is a Pisces, and so and I know that because I'm a Pisces, and I keep up on those people. John Wayne Gacy was also a Pisces. The thread there is that both of them seem super sweet, super nice. You look in their eyes, they have those little puppy dog eyes, and yes. they blink at you, and you're like, oh, these are the most special people in the world. <laughs> right, but I could totally see how the mirror could be like, yeah, I love cutting a bitch, and then in the next sentence, I'd be like, but baby, I love you. And like, it could be totally, you could totally believe both, and it, and you can totally compartmentalize that because we are dual natured, and so like, you gotta be careful with that kind of stuff with people, man. Yeah. So in the in the research, one of the big reasons cited for why women fall in love with serial killers is hybristophilia. Ooh, what's that? It's a it's a complicated word to say. It's the first time I've said it out loud. That was fun. It's a condition where sexual arousal is linked to a partner who acts out against society via outrage and crime. Oh. So it's sometimes called the Bonnie and Clyde syndrome. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you like someone who is a rebel, but like to the extreme. Is that why a lot of gang members have like old girlfriends and hangers on? That and money. Money. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So even though when you do a search for why women fall in love with serial killers, that's the most common result you get. If you actually look into the psychological research, everyone's like, that is one reason, but it's actually like a small percentage. Mm-hmm. It's one of the many reasons. And so I actually have a list and Maria named like four of the things on the list already. We have the common desire for the bad boy. And this one is particularly common with younger women. Just that typical, like, wanting a, you know, tough, gangster, hard kind of dude. We also have the attraction to deviance, which kind of gives people a rush, like doing something naughty or taboo, something you're not supposed to be doing. Also, the feeling that she can change him, like Maria said, which is like, you know, if you just apply enough love, he'll become an amazing person. You'll be able to heal whatever scars he has in his past and suddenly he'll be redeemed. Also, secondary fame, you know, fame by association. Um, And then again, like Maria said, seeking a safe and controllable relationship where you know where he is all the time. You know, he's not texting some other chick. You know, he's not out there fooling around. Also, some women have their own mental health issues that can cause them to seek out mentally unhealthy relationships. Feeling of being special, especially with uh, serial killers who target women specifically. So you have the situation where here they are hating women and killing all these other women, but they choose to love you, which makes you feel really special because you're not like all those other women that they hate and want to destroy. And then also there's some element of the whole evolutionary idea where women really like dominant and aggressive males and serial killers are definitely aggressive with proof. They've got their receipts on that aggression. The whole novelty of it and the attention that comes with it 
some of them have finances in in mind. They want the fame. They want to sell the story. They want access to memorabilia, that kind of thing. And then other people just find them like this really fascinating creature and they want to get to know them. And then in that process, they kind of get sucked in. So that's a lot of different reasons. That's 12 different reasons why the commonly cited reasons. And of course, then you also have like a ton of one-off reasons that are individual, but these are the commonly cited reasons why people, why women specifically say they fall in love with serial killers. And that's not just women who specifically marry or date serial killers, but also the women who are writing to them and professing their love or become obsessed with them for other reasons or other ways. There are, those are a lot of the common reasons that that happens. And so it's kind of a weird tangled web. And I found a lot of other research on the whole uh, evolutionary reason with the whole aggressive males topic, because that in itself is pretty fascinating, especially where it overlaps with the serial killers and their whole like having receipts and proof about their dominance and aggression. <laughs> Um, which is both horrifying and fascinating, like serial killers themselves. I was going to ask you about that. That to me is like a ooh, don't go near that person if they have if if they have receipts. That I don't want to have anything to do with that. You already know that they could like churn at any moment, and you're not special. I mean, if, if they have a predilection to a certain type of woman that they kill, and you look just like that person, all they're doing is fantasizing about you being dead. I think that's a well-honed survival instinct, personally. Like, obviously, I would not consider myself special that I have not been killed yet. But also, some people keep tigers as pets and don't think they're eventually going to be dinner. So That doesn't make any sense to me either. Exactly. Like, why would you do that? Obviously, like, there is no story where at some point the tiger doesn't turn. Yeah, I mean, I would think that anytime you had a conjugal visit, they're thinking about you, you know, like, wow, you're a little too live, you're a little too warm. Yeah, you're too like, wiggly, uh, like. She would just, you know, calm down a bit with the whole breathing thing. Yeah. I don't know. You know what would be even better if, like, blood were spraying everywhere right now? Right. And you know that has to come up. You do. There's no way that they can turn that stuff off. Well, and mm-hmm. the vast majority of serial killers don't get conjugal visits. Um, while most of them can get married, a lot of it has to happen over the phone or virtually or across bars. Oh, good. Yeah. Good. That pretty much went away after Ted Bundy. So See, the, the, these are the things that scare me. Like, these are the things I think about. I'm like, oh, man. And then you have to, like, talk to them all the time and you have to write them letters and you have to go see them. And who wants to go to jail all the time? And, and who wants to be frisked all the time? And yeah, I don't know. They're strict to get into the jail. There's a dress code. Uh, there's some colors you can't use. It's like, it's, it's super strict. You can't wear like really flashy jewelry. Like you are in jail just as much as they are. And you have to get there early. Uh, I, I know that some women like will get up like at three in the morning and, and just drive to the jail. And there's already like a line of people in cars. Lucky Land Casino asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. 
More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And they'll sleep in their car and then wake up and just change into some clothes, and that's how they get into the jail. These certain days of the week, or like once a month or something like that, like you have like a certain date that you're allowed to go, and so you can't just go like willy-nilly on Saturdays or something. It's like, it's only, you know, like you have a schedule, and to get on the schedule is like hard. You have to like request it, and you have to like go through all these like things or something like that. I mean, it depends. Like some of them are very difficult, and then some of them like it depends on the on the on the person who's in jail. Like sometimes they might get like um like a list. That'd be like you've got five people you can put on the list, and they can come and visit you. And everybody else would have to like get a request. Uh, How do you know people, all this? Uh, I, I remember. I I love all this stuff. I I love learning about all this stuff. <laughs> yeah, and it depends on like what your sentence is, the severity of your crime, yeah. the security level of your prison, that kind of stuff. Right. Yeah, it all depends on that too. So, like, if you're a maximum security prison, it's much harder to visit. And if, if you're on like death a... row, it's much more strict. Mm-hmm. Extremely more strict. There's one woman that I know that that actually she's done it, and she says that every time she does it, she can get in, and that says she has a very high iron count in her blood or something. So she always trips the um the metal detector or something. Oh, horseshit. I, I agree. Horseshit. Complete horseshit. So what she does is that she actually donates blood like the day before or something like that. The weirdest thing. And I'm like, are you serious? And she's like, yeah. The, like she was on the on the show, same prison wives, but she's not a wife. She's a, a girlfriend. And she was like, she was like, oh, you know, like I, I do this because I, I always seem to trip the, the alarm system. So this will help me out and this and that and tries to get around the the dress code not to show skin but because she's very elaborate like she's very colorful so she likes wearing like a lot of rainbow colors so she tries to to hide all the colors like under her clothes so then when she sees them she takes off her jacket and her jacket is like in the inside of her jacket it's like rainbow type colors or like really bright colors and I'm like Oh my god, this woman like goes out of like extreme to you know like I'm like, dude, just 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 follow the dress code and you can see him. But she stresses out about it and I'm like and she gets emotional when she sees him and it's uh it's, it's just whatever. I was waiting for Maria to say, Well, my last boyfriend was in jail. Like I was waiting for it, but no. <laughs> that story is I've, more interesting. <laughs> I've never I've never dated a guy in jail, but I have met a uh not a serial killer, I've met a is it a sociopath or psycho psychopath? I've met a psychopath. We all I have. To, but I, no, but I mean like <laughs> he said, uh, no, I like like I know he's a psychopath. Not a oh, I'm pretty sure like at one point I have no, like I I know that I've met one. And you dated and I, him. And, but I but I did date him. It's kind of sort of ishy, iffy, kind of sort of. I was right after my uh, right after my separation from my ex husband. Afterwards is when I realized I'm like oh my god, you're like you're really cold hearted. And and he was like, yeah, no, I'm a little bit of a I'm a little bit of a psychopath or so. so he said sociopath or psychopath. I forgot which one's which, but he said one of the two. It's the one that doesn't never keeps a job, not the one that's like high end uh, jobs, but like the one, 
Psychopath, thank you. They're all selfish and they can't see things from other people's point of views. Yeah. So he was like that a lot. And then his ex-wife that I met and had become friends with, she was like, oh, no, yeah, yeah, he's a, he, he is one. He definitely is. Like, stamp of approval, trust me. And I was like, okay, well, I'm glad that didn't work out. But as far as I know, he's never killed anybody. Well, no, I mean, they don't. They don't all kill people. But, you know. Uh, but I think, like, sociopaths and psychopaths are kind of like the serial killer statistic. Like, you've met them, you just don't know it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, you you definitely haven't met them, you just don't realize it. But or, or way later you do, you're like, ooh, how come I didn't catch on to this? Especially mm-hmm. sociopaths, they blend really well. I mean, especially oh. once they get older. Yeah, they have, like, really good jobs. They're, they have you know, good friends or whatever, and they're, like, very, like, charismatic. Mm-hmm. They've because... learned to play the game. Mm-hmm. They know how to put the, put on that mask. Exactly. And get things from you. And they can be anything you need them to be in order to get whatever they want. But, yeah, circling back around to the whole, like, evolutionary thing, I took a look at this, like, summary of this study uh, that talked about how women are biologically attracted to aggressive and dominant males it's this um book that was based on a that was written by these uh computational neuroscientists named ogi ogus and sai gudam um in 2011 it studied 1300 items and so it was a uh study of studies forget what those are called but it took uh 1300 different studies and compiled all the research together and you know looked at different cross sections and stuff um to kind of extract the different information from it and one of the things that they found that was especially interesting are the trends in romance novels oh plot line in romance novels are, indicate that women have a strong erotic preference for dominant men, or what is now commonly referred to as alpha males, the great myth, <laughs> myth of the alpha male that is not an actual thing. Or, you know, the typical idea of a male who is strong, confident, and swaggering, and often crosses over into boorish, self-censored, and insensitive. But the plotline always follows the idea that through the woman confronting those men's misogynist views and biased stereotypes and applying sufficient amount of loves, they can melt down their hardness and transform them and get in touch with their inner touchy feelies and turn them into the empathic, caring, compassionate people they know them to really be. I'm guilty of reading romance novels like that, yes. (laughs) And the fun thing is, is that romance novels outsell pornography in every country. Are you uh, kidding me? No. For the last two wow. decades. So for the last two decades, paranormal romance or just romance novels in romance general? Romance novels in general. Romance novels in general are higher than porn on the list of things that people buy. Mm-hmm. Wow. Well, they make they make more money. Wow. Oh my gosh. Are you kidding me? Really? Like all porn? All porn. 
so I do read those novels. My eyes rolling the whole time though. Like um, the ones that get me the most are the vampire ones where the, where the vampires are like pretty much stalkers like in you. Like there is a vampire novel that, that a series that I kept reading and kept reading, even though this guy is, is a complete stalker and almost a psychopath. And he's like, you're mine. And I must follow you around and make sure that you're okay and have crazy sex with you. What what novel is this? Maria would like the <laughs> <Maria>. recommendation. <laughs> it's by L. Jasper. E-L-L-E-J-A-S-P-E-R. You'll have to put that in the description. I, I got into romance novels, uh, paranormal romance novels, through Christine Feehan. Yeah, see, that I did too. I really like that stuff. Elle Jesper does the Afterlight series. She's a tattooist person, and she has special blood. And all the vampires like her. Okay. I only read one paranormal romance series, the one by Laurel, Laurel K. Hamilton. Oh, and it starts yeah. out like a monster of the week kind of series and then uh -huh. around like five or six it starts getting really romancy and i bailed at that part yeah and then at 10 it gets really bad yeah. as far as i got my mother was really really into romance novels she read uh what a, a harlequin the harlequin oh, yeah. romances and i think i got like a third of the way into one one novel once and i bailed i was like yeah this is terrible but see, there's something very, like, fun about them. Like, I can't take them seriously. Like, this whole time, this guy is, like, following this woman around, and you're mine, and I'm a stalker, and I'm all, okay, you crazy, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna still read it. And I don't know, there's, like, so many of that I've read like that, where the alpha male is, is protecting the woman, and there's this one where they, she has secret powers, and there's seven sisters, and each sister has a different power, and they each yeah. need an alpha male. You know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah, I think I know. This is That's terrible. from Christine Feehan, right? Yeah, it is. Like, it is yeah. Feehan, and a, uh, a harbor something, something yeah. safe harbor or something harbor. Those are yeah. them. Yeah, I, and I read every single one, and I'm like, why am I reading this shit? Like, I know this is not real. I know men aren't like this. The only reason I really like her her books is that typically the women are not helpless, or they they are kind of sorta. Like some uh, because she she works with um. I know we're going a complete tangent of our conversation here for this podcast, but she actually helps women with um that have been abused in real life. The author, so she knows a lot about uh, abuse and whatnot. So that's why a lot of her characters or female characters are women that have been either um, abused by their parents, their husbands, have been raped and whatnot. And they have a tendency of, of having that. I'm, you know, like I'm, I'm nobody, like uh, I don't have any kind of special anything about me or something like that. And then as the, the books progress, like they find their power. And, um, and usually the guys are like, oh, okay. So I'm not, I'm not the hot shit in this room. But at the beginning, that's how they are. And they are very, like, macho and all, like... That's the only thing I can stand about the, the guys in her books. They're all the macho guys that are like, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm a badass. You got to do what I say. And then they're like, oh, really? And that's why I like it, because the women are very powerful. In the end of it, they have their own power. But why um, are we so attracted to that? For me, it's more the, the sense of somebody who's willing to really give themselves... Uh, give up themselves to take care of me or to not take care of me but to 
to see that I'm important enough to to be there for them. You know what I mean? Like, or for them to be there for me. That's how. That's why I like because it's more like a, it's not like a oh whatever Maria whatever you want yeah sure whatever because you're just ugh, whatever you're so boring after a while. Instead of that, it's like I want to know everything about you. I you know like I'm gonna be very overprotective, but I want to be with you. I want to take care of you. I want to be part of your life. And that's what attracts me to 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 her particular men in her book. Uh, and then there's another um, book series that I read that's called uh, Immortals After Dark. And the women there are badasses. They are not like, oh, no, help me. Or the guys are, are macho like any, you know, like any romance novel. But they're not like superior to the to the woman in any way, shape or form. And at least as far as I'm reading, not at all, because there's Valkyries. There's warrior women in it, and they like fall in love, but you know it becomes like an equal relationship. So those are the ones that I like particularly. I don't like the ones that are very misogynistic in in a sense. I go for the super misogynistic ones. I'm not gonna lie. Well, no, Christine Feehan, her dark series. It is the guys are extraordinarily misogynistic. Even the girls in the books, they even mention it. Like you guys are like apes that like you know punch their chest to, to show that you're the bigger like alpha male in the group and and like they'll laugh they'll be like yeah you got a point at the same time like the women are strong too they just don't see it sometimes they're like a little arrogant the characters the male guys are arrogant that's the thing sometimes they're very arrogant but in the end they're they they equal out it balances itself out it's like a journey the books are very much a journey in that sense or you're strong in certain ways that i can't protect you in but you are really good at this so I'm going to give you the props. And they do. Like they, they, It balances out the relationship after a while. What's remarkable about romance novels is that the men in the romance novels aren't just good, but they're also the best. They're like beyond good into being freaking amazing. They're unbeatable. And ironically, so are serial killers. And that's why you say that, that they have the correlation? Uh-huh. So they're not just like adequate killers. They're exceptionally good killers. <laughs> so if I needed to get protected and have somebody been killed, my boyfriend could do it because he's a serial killer kind of a thing. Is that like the mentality? Right. Because not only can, I mean, they're not like accidentally killing someone by a gun going off. Um, in fact, mm-hmm. most of the time they don't even use guns. They're doing it up in your face, dirty with a knife, and they're dismantling you. So it's not just efficient, but it's also annihilation. It's, yeah, like I said, it's not just efficiency, but it's also like, you're not going to survive this. Like, there's not going to be a question whether or not you made it out. There's no way. People will be like, all this blood, there's no way. Uh, I'm finding too many pieces for them to have survived. You know, (laughs) so there will be no question about how dominant they are because they are very good at what they do. And when the body count gets high, lots of cred. So not just a standard killer, but an extremely dominant one. And this is all tied back into, you know, prehistoric times when it was really, really important that women had males that could provide and protect, provide for them and protect them. And so it's seems to be consistent with research that women are very attracted biologically, you know, in the hardwiring to be turned on and aroused by this aggressive dominance in males, even though mentally and 
Like they know better, <laughs> even though that's mm-hmm. not what they want in their logical brain. That's what their body is still attracted to. I gotcha. And in fact, a lot of women complain about it. And we know because we, we do psychic readings. Women complain all the time. They're just like, oh, why do I keep going for this guy that I know I'm going to hate? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so they still do it over and over and over again. And they keep falling for the same thing. And the romance novels keep emphasizing our fantasy that when we apply enough love, they're going to turn mushy and soft, at least towards us. Mm-hmm. maybe not towards everyone else which is really not what we want So, but it is important to note that the percentage of women who are attracted to serial killers is very small let me guess 6% less than 1% sincerely want that to be a thing for the rest of them it's just like a sexual fantasy and there's no seriousness in it at all most of them are like, oh, hell no, not in real life. This is just erotic roleplay. So it's the idea of the romance novel again. It's like, oh, this would be fun. This would be a fun fantasy. I could be the victim and you could be the serial killer. And then, you know, we'll have dinner afterwards. Yes. So <laughs> it was also important to note in the research that a lot of the women writing to the serial killers have, it's like writing to a celebrity. You know, they do oh. it, but there's no expectation of return. And one thing that I really thought was interesting that this physical attraction to serial killers, the women who followed through on it, was not contingent on physical attractiveness, nor was it contingent on the serial killer's attraction to women. So serial killers who were clearly attracted to other men and not women were just as fair game as serial killers who were heterosexual. So it doesn't matter the sexual preference. Does not matter. But okay. gender does. Women do not go for female serial killers. And men do not go for female serial killers. Female serial killers get no love. No, because they're bitches. It's like that whole that whole stigma. Yeah, exactly. So this is very, very, very strictly women going for male. It's like women who kill are too competent. They have too much power. Mm-hmm. yeah pretty much yeah and women who have power are not attractive right uh one thing that is very uh like notable is the more the media focuses on a serial killer the more adoring fans lucky land casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky lucky in line at the deli i guess aha in my dentist's office more than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. They get. And the more uh, love-struck females they attract. So are we perpetuating this cycle by putting serial killers in the media? Well, clearly, um, the media attention is a huge factor in how many suitors they attract. It's just, it's a weird twisted thing because, you know, the idea of media attention isn't really that, and it doesn't have a long lifespan. I mean, it just started really in the 70s, quite honestly, is when we started. Yeah. 
around Ted Bundy time, actually. So he's probably one of the first ones that really got a lot of press. He was. He was. He he was the first, like, real big media sensation serial killer. Well, Manson, maybe, was the only one, right? Yeah. I'm not sure. I don't know the timeline on them. But I know uh, Ted Bundy's trial was the first one that was hugely publicized. Okay, because okay, it wasn't really Manson that got a lot of the attention. It was his family that got a lot of attention. Yes. Air quotes family, the other members of the of the cult that uh, really got the attention. Yeah, and his trial was really, really weird too. Yeah, because he didn't. But I don't think it was televised, was it? Um, I am checking right now. Um, he was, it was really weird for him because he didn't commit any murders. <laughs> Did you know that, that they actually held him on the third floor of the Ventura courthouse? I did not. Yeah. Um, when he was, we're from Ventura, by the way, Pauline and I are from Ventura and the Ventura courthouse, there used to be. In the 60s, there used to be a jail in on the third floor. And when people were being seen at the court, they would put them up there. And they didn't have anywhere to put Manson, so they put him up on the third floor until they could move him to L.A. County. But he stayed there for a few days, and he actually had some court trials in that courthouse. It's now wow. just a building, but yeah. Cool. In a weird mortal way. Well, he was caught in Simi Valley, or the outskirts of Simi Valley, so technically he was on the border of Ventura County and L.A. County. Wild. Yeah, yeah. the the Manson family murders happened in 1969. Okay. And then Bundy happened like 10 years later, I think? 1979. Yeah. So his, his was really the one that caught people's attention because of all the media frenzy, I'm sure. I mean, I remember some of the Manson footage, not, I wasn't there, but I've watched it, and it's, I seem to recall it being mostly about uh, Leslie Van Houten and the other girls. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, those were mostly, like, the most, the, the footage of Manson is from interviews he did um, afterwards, like years and years later. Yeah. So this was the first televised one, the one that was, like, that had the big press, and then from there it's just gotten huge i remember when richard ramirez was in the media ton when they they didn't catch him yet when he was still out and about and killing people it was on the news like all day every day i remember i think i was i'm born i was 10 years old so i just remember my parents being glued to it because it was again it was like the next serial killer that was you know it's only there's only a four-year gap there but I just wonder if if this idea of of news putting things in in your living room has a lot to do with you know this whole glorification of serial killers. I mean, how many? I mean, ID is that's all they talk about, right? <laughs> the ID channel. You know, there's true crime channels everywhere, and, and I'm a glutton for it. I don't know if you can consider Chris Watts. I don't know if you guys have heard of him. I don't know if you want to consider him a, a serial killer, but he, um, I can definitely consider him a, a sociopath or a ser- or, a, or something of that nature, but he killed his wife and his two young daughters because he was oh, having an yeah. affair and he didn't want to deal with them. He wanted to have like the woman that he was having an affair with, uh, as far as I'm aware of. And he pleaded guilty. He ended up pleading guilty because 
it was obvious he got caught like right away like like the same day like he's already getting like girls that on the same day that that the news broke he had already started getting like people going like you're cute oh can i write him letters kind of a thing and he already was getting like people to talk to him like women i'm saying yeah, I don't like that because, like, he killed his children, too, and his unborn baby. Yeah, yeah. I just looked him up. I... He was willing to do that, and then just, like, nothing happened. He was more worried when they show an, they, they recorded, they have, like, a, uh, a recording of the whole entire thing of the cop showing up because of the, the, the body cam on the cop. Uh-huh. They, they have it uh, publicly. You can watch the whole thing. It's, like, an hour or something long of like the cop showing up at the house looking you know doing um a check-in to see if the if the wife and the kids are there because the thing that happened was that he had started having an affair his wife really wanted to make things you know for it to work out and she had gone on a business trip and he had taken care of the kids and they believe that that's when he killed the kids the two daughters and then when she got home he ended up suffocating her and killing her as well she got home like really late, like at three or four o'clock in the morning or something. And then the next, like earlier in the morning, her friend who dropped her off always would get a phone call or a text message from her in the morning saying, hey, what's up? You know, kind of a thing, like a friendly hello. And she didn't get that. And she knew that they were having issues. So immediately she called the cops and said, hey, look, I'm at my friend's house. Nobody's opening the door. Her car is here. All her stuff is here from what I can see, and I dropped her off at this and this time, and she's having issues with her husband. Could some, a cop please come over? And they showed up. The cop showed up. They tried to open the doors. They couldn't. The he sh- the Chris showed up, and he's like, oh, what's going on? Blah, blah, blah. But you can see it in the video that he's more concerned about getting caught than anything else. And he even smiles half of the time. Like when they're interviewing him, he does like an interview, like a plea, like, come back home, blah, blah, blah. Like, I don't know where my family is. Yeah, like he did one of those type of things. Oh, my God. And you can see him smiling. You can literally see him smiling when he's saying that they're not there. Wow. That they And I was just like, holy shit. And his mother-in-law was, hey, don't, like his mother-in-law thinks that he's innocent. Like, hey, maybe you shouldn't do the interview because, you know, they might use it against you or something or, you know, let's wait a while. And he was like, no, 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 I'll do it. I'll do it. And she says that she is so thankful that she did do it because it shows how guilty he is. Wow. He looked so like, oh, I'm so getting away with. But yeah, no, like, and, and I could see him being a serial killer. Like, you know, he finally got a taste of it mm-hmm. and he's doing it again. Like, let's say he got tired of that girlfriend or, you know, he sees that he can get away with it because he believes he can and just do it more often so because it just takes one taste of it for like somebody who's a serial like a a sociopath or a psychopath i would say to know that they have that kind of control and that they can get away with it that they're just like keep doing it right right and just a a correction the murders i guess happened back on august uh 13th 2018 and the 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 report of like the actual like the police report and the coroner's report I believe is public, so you can download it and you can and can uh, read it. Holy crap! So what he did to to the kids and everything. The amazing thing that I'm just I'm not even like reading any articles. I'm just looking at like the Google search information that's populated by Wikipedia, 
over there on the sidebar. And um, he you know, murdered his two children and his two daughters and his fetus and his wife. And he got five life sentences without parole. I guess that makes him a catch. <laughs> uh, yeah, he's not going to be going anywhere at all. Yep. Um, and that's incredible, though, at least for me, when you look at, like, other people's... I mean, I guess you can't, like, do much other than a death penalty. But, yeah, pretty much. You know, Ted Bundy got, had... Um, he had uh, two, two death sentences, both with parole... Or appeal with the opportunity to appeal and one life sentence. So he had penalty from Florida and the death penalty from what was it, Illinois or Indiana, one of those. Whatever that first state was. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I'll have a lot of time to answer all that fan mail. Yeah. Which is really scary and weird because. I don't know. He killed his children, yo. There's just you just can't. I can't get around that part. Like, ugh. yeah. That, I mean, I can understand the whole. I can, I can see the psychology, the the reasoning for some women, especially if they're in like bad straits that they don't have anybody in their lives to fall for somebody that obviously won't cheat on them, won't leave them because uh, there's nobody else in their lives that they can talk to or have. So I can understand that, but. To, to go and like, hey, this guy killed his family. There's evidence of it. He's actually admitted to it. And to just go, wow, he's so hot. Like, what the f- What well, makes you think that you're going to be... That, that if he ever got out, what makes you think that he wouldn't kill you? You know? Well, and that's one of the like, things, though, is that when looking at the studies and reading the articles, hotness, like actual hotness, was not a factor. It was more just the the fact that you could have somebody to talk to and they can treat you like a girlfriend. Having the boyfriend experience, basically, is what what you're saying. Yeah, exactly. And people found serial killers attractive regardless of their actual objective hotness. They said they were hot when the rest of society would be like, "Mm, maybe no. (laughs) Okay. So they were Um. perceived as hot when they weren't. See, for me, like, if I saw this guy walking down the street, and this is probably based on my past experience, I would be like, okay, don't, don't bring in that guy. He's going to be an ass hat. What, like a right. guy like him? Like a bro like flake. Oh. <laughs> you know? I get, I get what you're saying. <laughs> like frat douche? Yeah, exactly. Like, a, like just... Yeah, sports guy. Step off, dude. Like, he's either going to be, like, like, into dirt bikes and beer, or he's going to be into football and beer, or... Yeah. You know. Finches <laughs> like, and beer. Uh-huh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. and beer. Exactly. And that's probably just, like, really judgmental of me. Mm-hmm. Like, just going off his picture, but that's how I read that guy and those, like, his personal pictures of him and his family. Just, like, I'm like, yeah, that guy's an asshole. So, very judgmental, like, he just, like, screams. Gym rat CrossFit douche. <laughs> all right on that note <laughs> sorry we should wrap this up <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
He just does. Uh, I'm kind of curious if he has a military background. I don't believe so. It's like just based off his haircut. Like, when I when I first heard about it, I I started watching like everything about their case, like everything. He probably hikes. He he looks like he like crossfits or something. That's what I said. Like he looks like he does CrossFit or something. Like one of those dudes. I don't eat carbs. And it's not. It's not a. He doesn't look um like bodybuilder type style. He looks like a triathlonish or something of that nature. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so originally from Aberdeen, and then went to North Carolina, and then they ended up in Colorado together works for petroleum companies and Mar- <laughs> he works for petroleum she works for M- MLM mm-hmm. selling Thrive yeah and the sad thing is that the petroleum that he that's where he put the kids the the two girls he dumped them in a in a in an oil well uh-huh. a gigantic well oil well that um and then her body she couldn't put he couldn't put her in there because of like her hips or the her belly so mm-hmm. he um buried her in a shallow grave like a couple feet away from the the, the oil um it's like it, think of like a like a grain silo same thing but just oil yeah yeah i'm, I'm familiar with it. just in case Heather doesn't know what it is or whatever just oh yeah that's in general idea. but but because the kids were in the wa- in the in the oil their when they recovered their bodies um their bodies were so damaged because of the the oil yeah that the skin came right off like the minute that they grabbed the girls the skin came right off of their like bodies yeah yeah, yeah like sounds... everything oh, that's that's horrible bro that's a horrible guy it is super terrible and it doesn't make him more attractive. I'm just telling you right now. <laughs> nope, nope. That's uh, that's all very horrifying. I mean, he's he follows through. He's a completist. He got a job. So I mean, I guess those are good characteristics. But I don't know. Yeah. And the somebody asked, like, why don't they? Ju- why didn't he just ask for a divorce? And they said that um, the reason he probably didn't get a, ask for a divorce and just thought that murder would be better <clears throat> is because. His wife and him, even though they had like this really nice house, they had really good jobs, like they they got paid a lot a year. They make good money. They were still ba- they were going through bankruptcy because of uh, I forgot what it was. I think they, yeah they they went through bankruptcy like twice or something. Yeah, so they and, went through bankruptcy in 2015. Yeah, well they were about to or they were going through bankruptcy uh-huh. again. And he didn't have to go through that plus a divorce. So that was one. And the other is that he didn't want to have to go through the whole, like, um, not custody, because obviously he didn't want the kids. Child support. But because, because he didn't want to have to pay child support. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Ugh. So that did what he did. So instead of going, I'm going to get a good lawyer and I'm just going to suffer through this instead, he's like, I'll just put them in oil tanks and kill them. Yeah, now he has free room and board. Right. <laughs> and a huge following a woman who he can marry. Yeah. Yep. That is ridiculous. It is. Um, yes, so um, if you have 
fantasies about super aggressive misogynist males and that's something what you like to role play about in the bedroom you're probably totally normal and okay as long as you recognize in your gray matter that this is fantasy and not something to actually aim for in real life but if you are aiming for that in real life if you do really find yourself wanting to marry or date one of these serial killers um, there probably, at the very minimum, needs to be some kind of self-reflection happening. Um, and I absolutely encourage seeking the advice and help of a professional. There is no shame in this. I 100% believe, and so do most people in the profession, that mental health and wellness should be a maintenance activity, just like getting your yearly exam. Mm-hmm. I just feel like Ted Bunny is not cool. Like we, we watch him because we're fascinated by him. That's what I watch him. Most people do because we're just like, what? But it's not an idol. It's not somebody who should be looking up to or glorifying in any way, shape, or form. Absolutely, these are not life goals in any way no. at all. It's it's very hard to to realize that people who seem so normal can be so scary and evil and that's part of our fascination with them but when it goes beyond that horrified fascination like just remember to keep that in check i agree with what both of them are saying so i don't have any closing statements (laughs) all right everyone (sighs) 